The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. starts right now live from the Nasdaq market side overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lee. Our traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, David Seberg, Steve Grosso, and Guy Adami. Tonight on Fast, Tesla is nearing a bear market down 18% from its 52-week high. But if history is any indication, it could be flashing a major buy sign. Plus, a slew of stocks reporting earnings next week. And there is one name the chart master says is gearing up for a big breakout. And later, Janet Yellen's days may be numbered as Fed chair. We'll tell you who is in the lead to win the coveted seat and what it could mean for stocks. But first, we start with the tech takeover. The Nasdaq hitting a record high as big tech goes parabolic. $150 billion added in market cap today. Amazon, Microsoft, Alphabet, Intel crushing earnings and their stocks soaring. There are only 30 stocks in the S&P 500 that are larger than $150 billion, by the way. And next week, trillions of dollars at stake as Apple and Facebook report their earnings. So can you expect more of the same? And will these giants turbocharge the tech rally? Hmm. Guy. I think it's going to be harder now for companies like Facebook, for example, since you have it up there to do what a Microsoft did today or an Intel did today or any of the names that you mentioned only because you had a big move again today. So they really have to prove themselves. But in terms of the stocks we saw, it's not just those four top names. I mean, look at a company like Adobe, Lamb Research, uh, Salesforce.com. There are other names that obviously with this tape are making all-time highs. Valuations for a lot of these companies still make sense. Throw Amazon out of that mix, obviously. I still think out of all the ones we mentioned, and we talked about at the top last night, the most impressive to me for a number of different reasons was Alphabet. Yeah. So I, I agree with Guy's reasons that, reasoning that you had Facebook up 4%, you had Apple up 3.5%. And by the way, Facebook's up 54% year-to-date. Amazon's up 46% year-to-date. So Amazon really played catch-up to the rest. So I'm not sure we have to do this reverse catch-up trade. But having said all that, Alibaba up 100%. They report next week. I'm long the name. I think this is one that had a bunch of headwinds for the last two weeks. This is one that I'm focused on next week, along with Facebook and Apple. I think they all perform. Is well, the setup too difficult for these stocks at this point? First of all, we need to acknowledge that we're listening to Mr. Right. Roboto by sticks on the opening of the show. <laughs> okay. All right. Dennis I mean, Tiana. I thought it was obvious. Right. So but, Facebook you know. next week. First of all, Facebook's <laughs> done nothing since their last image report, which was unbelievable, by the way. And if you think about two or three quarters back, we were very concerned about their ad load growth. And that is very much behind them. They've got new products, this graph search thing. Um, this, you know, and then there's monetization of WhatsApp and Messenger. So there's a lot of levers for these guys. And I think that the, the long-term monetization is, is really embedded in this space. I, I think Facebook can move higher, at least relative to the growth that they're giving relative to that peer group. I, I would much rather buy that valuation and Google's valuation than Amazon's. Look, I, I think Facebook can maybe go a little bit higher, depending on the earnings. And I think the setup going into the quarter is actually very good. The problem is it did run on the back, on the heels of all these names today. So it got a little bit of a lift into the earnings. I don't know if it's got that much more juice to go a lot higher. So unless they blow it out, I don't think the stock really goes much higher. But you look at tech in general, what is the incentive right Right now, ahead of tax, ahead of tax, potential tax cuts, tax reform in some, some, some way, to sell before the end of the year. Why would you take the gain this year? Why wouldn't you just let it ride? These are secular right. growth Plus, stories. you have mutual you funds. Stay in line. Today was the last That's, day that mutual funds could right. sell. Most of, most of mutual funds, a, a large majority of them, their fiscal year ends in October. 
And if they want to get the end of October, today's the last day with settlement that they could have sold. There's also and, seasonality, particularly for technology. I mean, it's well, a good time. It's, it's a good time markets. for technology. But, and, and these are great points that these guys are making. But, I mean, again, not selling a stock that should be sold for tax reasons to me is the most idiotic no, thing. I, I, no, 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 I'm not the point. You're pointing out the right. deadline. And I, no, I said these are secular growth trends. But stories. you said, why would you, and, why and, would you and take something this year with tax reform so, on the right. horizon? So somebody looks at the scenario and says, well, I'm going to take some money off the table here. They probably second guess that decision because there's a potential of tax. So I think tax at least abates selling and enforces people to hold on through. Look, if own. you like Facebook, you're, you're not, you know, or, or what you're saying is the opposite. So if you think Facebook's had a big run, which it sounds like there's some feeling on this desk that there's not yes. a lot to do, then why wouldn't no, you? No, 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 no. No. Not saying that. Saying is there a lot to do after they report numbers or into numbers, right? So when they report, is the quarter going to be good enough to keep the momentum going? I think it'll keep the look momentum going long term, but I don't think it's going to be look at what up. stocks held the market up today. Right. It, was, it was all tech, and we keep coming back to this theme of whether or not we're going to have new leadership, a rotation into something. And every time well, you get that rotation into something else, yeah. it always comes back to those minimal names in uh, tech. And you're, you're always slapped every time look you decide to make a sale. This week. Look at the money that came out of large cap biotech and certain names. There's a lot of money that came out. Are you buying those? Well, because you, every, every pullback that I we have am, seen, you said I'm, you'd I'm be a buyer. I think right. I've been pretty, pretty right on these names, right? But I'd say, in general, I think a lot of money came out, was dislocated. People walked away from the Celgene story. In a lot of cases, money came out of those big cap names that had to go somewhere. And today, it just painted the picture for them to be comfortable it, to go into some of these fang names. It, it does feel like there's some rotation yeah. today, um, but uh, you know, I read Rich Ross, who's the top three. What do you, where he's in the Zenith. He's in the Rich top does a great job. Top three. His note today, he pointed out something that's very smart: that when value and growth are working at the same time, and we brought the growth trade back very hard this week, it's a very powerful combination, and it's something. It's, it's kind of what we saw in the late '90s. So. Um, Good for that. Real quick on Celgene, because we, I think it's worth talking about again. We talked about it last night. Dan Nathan is going to be on the show. What's the show on after this? Options Action. Options Action oh, at 530 You've every Friday. You've been on that show, man. You're on it a number of times. I feel like I'm actually a regular. Remember, but that's neither here nor there. You know, he was somewhat dismissive <laughs> right. of me last night when I brought Bad. up the fact that Celgene so should... More so than normal. Thank you for pointing that out. That Celgene should have said everything they said in their earnings report, they should have said a week ago when right. that drug that they invested so much money in, they took out of phase three. That being said, you know, your levels now that we held in Celgene all through 2016. Right. Celgene needs to do something to regain the trust of the investment community. And quite frankly, they didn't succeed in doing it this week. I mean, for all of these stocks, I mean, now, all these large cap biotech stocks have seemed to have fallen out of bed on the back of their earnings reports. What catalyst at this point is there to stay in through no, the end right. of the year? Right. M&A. So I mean, you're like, waiting. But, but well, we've no, no, been no, waiting no, for sorry, that for a whole year. For the end of the year, that's, yeah, yeah. A, that's a good point. You're, you're 100% right. So, so that could be, be a out. scenario where if you get a loss and you want to move, you move it out. But so I, that could be a sector that people will take a, a loss in if they have, they have that, you know, in, in, the, in the setup. See, I, I like the fact that, you know, even Gilead last night, so those numbers were actually pretty good. H, HCV was quite light. Right. Um, but if you think about the other parts of their business and you think about the kite acquisition, I think I've got a lot of information there to still make that same call, which is this is a very cash-rich company trading at a very cheap multiple. And the fact that the M&A has already been taken out of it, that the people were falling all over themselves on six weeks ago, that's a reason to buy the stock. And I am long it. So Plus, IBB, I mean, though, is still up 18% year-to-date. Yeah, I mean, you, you want run, growth. Right. You're going to get it, obviously, in large-cap tech. But when people get tired of large-cap tech, they'll rotate back into IBB, and they'll play rinse, repeat, and do, do that so, mm-hmm. through the cycle. But we're all the saying that people aren't, being, aren't getting tired of large-cap tech well, well, at no, this point. No, this is, this, well, two weeks ago, we, we, or three weeks ago, we had a sell-off in large-cap tech. They've rallied back. 
back. Apple rallied 10 percent back. Facebook rallied 10 percent back. Amazon's up 18 percent well, since September lows. So people did get t- tired of large cap tech. Now they're back in the boat. Here's a question. Uh, tech of the S&P represents 26.4 percent, right? How much higher can it Is it going to 30 percent of the S&P? Is it, is it going to go back? It could. But the last time it did, that was But every time people use that argument so have against, a little bit of room. against energy, energy Energy is a shrinking and right? shrinking percentage of the S&P. And every time people look at that and they, and they try to buy it, they get sucked in. Now, crude, the commodity goes up. And the stocks, the underlying stocks, they have not performed yeah. with the, with the over, overarching commodity in the space. Here's one thing on a Friday. I mean, you talk, you're looking forward at some point, some sort of buying euphoria and the buyers to exhaust themselves. I mean, you could have seen it in a lot of these names today when you have stocks like Intel, like Google, like Facebook, for example, trading anywhere from three to six times normal volume at effectively all-time highs. So that, I'm not saying that points to a top, but if you're looking for one, in other words, this isn't the place to pile in, in my opinion. Well, I- I, I say this about Apple, by the way. So the other name we were talking about that we haven't yeah. really talked about. I mean, they've got they've got <laughs> earnings next week. The stock has done nothing since April. OK, and I realize we talked about how it rallied into the release. And, and it just tells you where sentiment is on the stock of a headline on demand for the X or the 10 or whatever. We're call- what are we calling this? Yeah, the X. Yes. No, it's called the 10. Oh, there we go. And I got five ten. different answers. What do you yeah. say? I got to come with that. That's all I know. Fair. I'm changing my answer. Uh, anyway. Right. But my, my point is that I think sentiment is such that the, any whiff of good news, Apple has a lot of room to run. And again, in terms of multiples, where do you have, uh, arguably, you can make a growth multiple on Apple, too, if you start looking at the services business and, you know, what uh, this should derive. Apple or Facebook ahead of earnings? Apple. Apple or Facebook ahead of earnings? I'd say Apple. Or neither. I'll give you another choice. I think the setup in Apple's better. It showed you today the position. Very nice of you to get the nine. That was, you don't often do that, Mel. I know. I was feeling charitable. Optionality. Uh, Well, I'm going to say Apple because I'm long Apple. I'm going to say Facebook with a caveat. Okay. You like that? What is that, like a Greek or Latin or Latin. something? Yeah, Latin. Kidding. I know you took the lamp, so caveat I asked answer. you the question. Anyway. I think Facebook into the winter months is going to fa- – they're going to – something's going to happen politically that might derail Facebook in the short term. I'm putting it out there now. All right. Coming up, it's been a rocky ride for Tesla shareholders. The stock is sliding near bear market territory, but it could be flashing a major buy sign. We'll explain. Plus, the position for arguably one of the most powerful positions in the free world – the Fed chair is hanging in the balance with President Trump, ready to make his decision next week. So who do the traders think would be best for stocks? They'll reveal their top picks. And later, General Electric going from bad to worse, the stock sinking to new lows. But one trader staying long and strong. He'll explain why. Much more Fast Money coming up next. Welcome back to Fast Money. Check out shares of Tesla falling more than 17% from its highs last month and nearing bear market territory. Let's go to a man who is never in a bear market himself, Dom Chu, back at headquarters with more. Hi, Dom. (laughs) <laughs> well, that, that may mean I'm due for a pullback, Melissa, but it may not be something to fear that much if it's anything like Tesla. We're close to entering that bear market territory since shares did find some support at the 200-day moving average today, that longer-term trend line, of course. But Tesla is a stock that's been a roller coaster ride for sure when it comes to investors over the years. Just over the last couple of years, there have been a number of times we've seen 15% pullbacks four times we did enter that bear market territory for Tesla. From the end of 2015 till February 9th, 2016, right around that diamond bottom, it rallied 90% from there until early April. From there, it dropped 30% until the end of June and then rallied 25% until early August, only to drop another 24% until early December. Then there was that massive push higher towards those end of June highs. Then, of course, that 21% drop until mid-July and then the 30% 30% rally to record highs 
till the drop to where we are now. So I guess the point here is Tesla is, yes, a volatile stock. But analysts this time around aren't exactly rushing to raise their target prices. According to FactSet, the average analyst target price currently sits 4% below where it trades. So now, Melissa, we'll wait and see if the experts who watch this stock and get paid to do so use the opportunity for this kind of weakness to upgrade or forecast some of these tougher times ahead. Back over to you. All right. Thanks, Dom. Dom Chu back at headquarters. Specifically today, there's an Evercore ISI downgrade questioning Model 3 deliveries. And there was also a separate report out of a Taiwanese newspaper saying that a supplier in Taiwan was asked to cut back dramatically on its supply. So that sort of just fueled this whole big concern ahead of Tesla's earnings next week. Many of the headlines, I would say predominantly, most of the headlines have been lousy for the last. Now, kudos to BK, by the way. Now, in the summer, we said Tesla goes higher. It needs to prove itself around those all-time highs of 385 that we saw over the summer. Failed at 385 in September. And we said the chance it trades down to 320. Well, here we are at 320. So good job, BK. Next level, though. Remember, 14, 2014, 2015, 280 were tops. We made both years. Old-time support becomes resistance or resistance becomes support. And I think we're going to find it in the form of 280 post-earnings on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huge move from here. So the short interest in Tesla is still above 20. And when you look at it on a, on a chart, the 317 level, 317 and a quarter to be exact, this is a 200-day moving average. Defended it today, broke midday, but closed <laughs> above it. RSI, relative strength index, it is oversold. I think it's worthy of another bounce versus that 280 level, just for starters. I almost feel like this is going to trade like a biotech stock on earnings. If they just say a little bit about meeting or on pace for deliveries. And they'll, and they'll try to smoke right? it, right? No question. And it can rip. The stock I is, I, is, the so stock is you, poised. I know it's great. I hear you. It, Tesla can be whatever you want it to be. It's interesting because, you know, I was reading uh, J.P. Morgan's report on it. First of all, good for them for putting it in the auto category because no one's doing that. And, and again, they're talking about lower margin and, and, right, and deliverable uh, delivery assumptions on the Model 3. I think Tesla is starting to lose some of that mojo about being the only EV game in town. Good for GM and Ford for articulating. We know what Volvo's doing. We know the Germans are way ahead out there. So that's the story. All right. For one stock that can't get out of its own way to another. General Electric closing at its lowest level in five years. The stock now approaching that key $20 level and its flash crash low of $19 a share. Tim, you bought the name a week ago, right? Yeah, I bought the name. So I'm, I'm down about 8 or 9% in a name that is priced in no dividend, a name that is priced in essentially the entire kitchen sink, um, and in a name where I, I think rightly the street has downgraded across the board. These guys are not making money anytime soon. In fact, there may be a burn. Um, think about what they could do. This is a 12 to 18-month position, I think. And again, they could spin off Baker Hughes, which was a terrible buy. Mm-hmm. They could actually start to see a recovery in the energy assets. I, I, I expect oil at 60 to $70 all next year. So I think those assets are as underpriced as they're going to get. Um, and if they initiate this dividend, the stock's moving 10%. If we make that clear, why don't you own it yeah. to me on some of the parts? 20 so, was your level. So 20, 21 was the level. And then it was followed up by 19 if you had a strong stomach for it. I, I don't disagree with Tim's year-to-year and a half trade on the on the name but if you're trading it on pure technicals i think you have to vacate the name at this point because it broke that level today was the first day so you watch it a couple more days but if you're trading on strictly technicals i think you vacate the name because i don't think lack of a dividend is in and we don't know the story we have no factual
factual information just yet. No, a dividend cut I don't believe is in at all. I mean, like I'd say, the only reason the stock is trading here and not trading below 20, I think at 19, it starts to become a little bit interesting, is because people are on the hopes that there's going to be some sort of breakup. That's going to And then it becomes really interesting. But they can't get a down on the liability issue. That's a big issue. Well, it wasn't let down. What's the dividend worth? It's let down a 92 cents per share free cash flow. And basically, I mean, really, no, there's zero growth. We've gone from expectations of two percent to one, uh, to, from two bucks, two oh five to a dollar on earnings. Right. Uh, we've it, gone to a place where you, basically, basically, you math, yeah, but we don't have any more twenty to twenty fifty to twenty seventy five. It's a five year mark on the stock that I give think a, actually, what, if, if it gets there, multiple it's, it's going to ninety two cents of cash flow and give them some residual value for the other parts of their business. It's less than twenty dollars. Last, last quick question. At what level would you consider Eighteen and a half dollars. It's okay. a 15 multiple against a dollar 23. Their investor day is November 13th. Yep. You don't touch it till then. Still ahead. Nice. President Trump is close to picking a new chair to run the Federal Reserve, arguably the most important position in the universe. So which candidate would be best for this rally? We will break that down. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC, first in business worldwide. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up on Fast. It's Halloween, and Fast Money is going in search of four scary good stocks. We'll give you the names. Plus, YouTube just passed a major milestone that could spell the death of traditional TV. We'll tell you what that is and how to profit when Fast Money returns. Welcome back to Fast Money. President Trump tweeting moments ago that he will unveil his pick for Federal Reserve Chair next week. Let's get to Eamon Jabbers at the White House for the very latest on who is still in the running. Eamon. Yeah, that's right, Melissa. The president tweeting within just the past few minutes. He says people are anxiously awaiting my uh, my decision as to who the next head of the Fed will be. He links there to an Instagram short video of him discussing the strength of the economy and also talking about this Fed selection. He says he has someone very specific in mind. But of course, in true television tease style, you don't say who that person is uh, and step on the announcement. There you see the five candidates that we've been told are still officially in the running. Although when you talk to folks over at the White House, they say Gary Cohn is doing such a good job on tax reform that they might not want to move him to the Fed. Janet Yellen uh, is somebody that the president has said some nice things about recently. And then you've got Warsh, Taylor and Powell as the remaining candidates in that five group. Uh, It sounds to me based on this Instagram video that the White House just put out, that the president has made up his mind. He says he has someone very specific in mind. So who is that person? We don't know, but we do know that decision is coming next week. I would say this, uh, you know, Janet Yellen uh, is somebody the president likes. There you see the Instagram video that the president just put out a few moments ago. Uh, Janet Yellen someone the president likes. He likes the stock market where it is. He likes to talk about the stock market publicly, unlike past presidents. Uh, but he might not like the fact that Janet Yellen was appointed by Barack Obama. So who would he go with? He said he's a low interest rate guy in the past. My guess is he ends up with somebody who's not Gary Cohn or Janet Yellen, but somebody who is viewed as a low interest rate pick. Uh, but we'll wait and see for the president. He's, he's definitely amping up uh, the attention around this going into next week, Melissa. Certainly is. We're all <laughs> watching, that's for sure. That's Eamon, right. thank you. Eamon Jabbers in Washington. Okay, so let's take it from where Eamon left off. It's not going to be Yellen. No. And it's not going to be Gary Cohn. You've got a few candidates left. You've got Warsh, right? You've got Powell. You've got Taylor. 
Who would fit the bill? Who would be best for stocks? Well, I mean, well, it's not going to be. Market. I'm telling you, it's no shot. It's Warsh. I think I'll get it before okay. he will because he's. I think he's a pretty vocal hawk. And you know, the president talks about liking low interest rates now. When he was candidate Trump, yeah, was, he was talking is, a whole different. This is tune. comical. This of all the things that there's been a reversal on. This to me is one of them. He was so critical of the Fed. He was so critical of the the approach to the Fed. And if anything, this is all about. In, ha- having continuity to this, this, the next Fed. It's, it's got to be between Powell. a candidate, it's though, and be an it's be be Because Taylor would mean higher rates. Ta- Taylor is Powell. Taylor rule, man. He is, yeah. he is, he is, uh, he's a regimented the market, guy. Maybe yeah. a good thing, but not the guy here. doesn't matter. Look, you saw the market react today when Powell was rumored to be you know, announced. And that tells you everything you need to know. The market spiked up immediately. The market would welcome it. It has to be Powell. And I know Trump it doesn't have to be anybody. The market will care for seven minutes. Anybody who's on that list knows that he wants low interest rates. He's telegraphed it. The world knows. They know. I don't care how about, hawkish they are right now or they think they are. About low rates rates right not. It's about the Does, pace of, of, of the way they so go. So do you right? think so the pace, it doesn't matter who he only, picks. It doesn't matter. The market's yes, going to care. Totally matter. There are also a lot of other vacancies on the Fed, too. There are a lot of other vacancies on the Fed, too. The Fed chair is not the only one deciding There's, there's a lot of appointments everything. that Trump can make here, and he can completely change the composition of the Fed. He, he may can. not want that. He can. He won't do that, and he'll telegraph the fact that he wants low rates. It'll, it'll be a hidden message to them, and it, it won't be so hidden. But do we not believe our Federal Reserve is independent? I mean, what's the it's question here, folks? Yeah. I think our Federal Reserve is independent. I think, I think if Taylor gets in there, he's going to have a different approach to interest rates, and I think it's going to be very disruptive. All right, let's switch gears. As you all know, Halloween weekend is kicking off today, so in honor of all things spooky and in lieu of the final trades, our traders are bringing you some scary good stocks for your portfolio. Tim? Love the... What? Was it the, the oxymoron? Scary good? I mean, scary good. I'm, I'm scary as good. Anyway, right. Yandex. This is Russia's Google. These guys are soaring with a lot of these names this year. Pulled back going into earnings. Their taxi business, like Google's, a big part of it. Seeps. Look, I picked uh, Microsoft because it's scary given the move today to jump in and buy the stock. But I think it's going to work long term. So you look at their, uh, their cloud business. It's ramping big time. Their costs are going higher, but their gross margins and op margins are ramping as well. Cross this up. makes sense to me. Scary good. Square is up 158 <laughs> percent. So I get the scary. I get the good on this. I'm still long it. You should be, too. Okay. Boo. Are you dressing up? <laughs> huh? Are you dressing up? Damn straight. Every night. I mean, I, 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 every I, I, night. Very scary, but very good. All right. Back that does it for us here on Fast. We'll see you back here on the other side of this break when options action starts. Stay tuned. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.